0: Hello and welcome to episode number 22 of Making Media Now, the Filmmakers Collaborative Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Azevedo. So I'm guessing if you're a regular listener to this podcast, which often features conversations with filmmakers, you just might be the kind of person who watches credits at the end of the movie. So have you ever wondered what a storyboard artist does? You know those folks that take a script or maybe even just a concept and turn it into a visual story that often ends up serving as the visual Bible for a director or director of photography. Well, wonder no more. Joining me today is storyboard artist Josh Hayes. Josh is an L.A.-based storyboard artist who's worked with a virtual who's who of Hollywood directors. Rob Reiner, Catherine Bigelow, Michael Bay, Kevin Smith, and Barry Levinson, just to name a few. His television credits include work on The West Wing, The X-Files, Heroes, and ER. And he storyboarded thousands of television commercials, including dozens for Super Bowl spots, for clients such as Apple, McDonald's, Budweiser, Audi, Coca-Cola, Nike, and American Express. He's a graduate of the Massachusetts College of Art, and he studied filmmaking at Emerson College, the American Film Institute, in the International Film and Video Workshops, in Rockport, Maine. We had a wide ranging, interesting, and very fun conversation, and I hope you enjoy it. Making Media Now is sponsored by Filmmakers Collaborative, a nonprofit organization dedicated to supporting media makers from across the creative spectrum. From providing fiscal sponsorship to presenting an array of informative and educational programs, Filmmakers Collaborative supports creatives at every step in their journey. To learn more, visit FilmmakersCollab.org. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please do subscribe and consider leaving a review. The nicer, the better. On to my conversation now with Josh Hayes. Hello, Josh Hayes, and welcome to Making Media Now. Thanks for having me, Michael. Let our listeners know
1: where you're talking to us from. I am in Los Angeles, well, Los Angeles adjacent. I'm in Sherman Oaks, California.
0: So, you are a storyboard artist. Tell me, tell our listeners what the job description is.
1: I work with directors to help them map out their vision prior to shooting one inch of film. Um, uh, I help them block out the action. I talk about the emotion of the scenes. And basically, we work through how they would like to shoot it, whether it's commercial, music video, television show, or film. They get the, it's a very intimate relationship and they get the opportunity to sort of really discuss how they would like to view it prior to being on set and, and having lots of other people uh, uh, demanding their attention. So they get to really focus on story and emotion and movement and
0: action. And, and speaking of directors, you have worked with quite a roster of directors. And just in the film category, I'm looking at Ron Howard, Rob Reiner, Michael Bay, Catherine Bigelow. Tell me about what what your interaction is like, you know, at the at those early stages that you just described with those directors. Um, it doesn't have to necessarily be those directors, but sort of a generic director if there is such a thing. Sure, sure.
1: <laughs> there is no so that you you actually bring up a very interesting point. One of the things that I've uh, grown to be able to do over over my years in doing this, Michael, is um, sitting in and trying to suss them out. Um, uh, especially in the commercial world, I'm often um, I have sort of a reputation for being able to work with you know first time directors um, and uh, or or relative newbies and and help them. Um, develop some confidence in the process. Um, but yes, it's, it's very much going in, trying to suss out where they're at. Um, I mean, everything from, you know, it's, I, I joke the fact that it's sort of part bartender, part fireman, because, uh, uh, you have to sort of hear their problems, feel where they're at or whatever. And then the work has to be done right away.
0: Exactly. Yeah. So how typical is it, uh, if at all, that your services are required once shooting is underway uh, and, you know, if if particular scenes are going to be rethought or the, um, you know, the way a, a particular scene is going to be shot is does that scenario ever come up?
1: Yes, that's a very, very good question. And absolutely. Yes. Usually pre-production is done by the time they're shooting, but oftentimes there are scenes that need to be reworked and some of my credits are that. So I didn't work on the initial part, but then when there were reshoots uh, I was called in to, to do that because the original storyboarders wasn't available. So yes, that does happen. Um, we do not unfortunately get to be on the set as much as I would like. Um, there are certain projects I have been on the set for, for a lot of it, but mm-hmm. um, usually by the time, our job is done um uh we we are we are retired and uh they're they are moving on to the actual shooting
0: and some of your television credits i also want to mention are uh shows like 24 and ER West Wing X-Files uh you know very high high profile high prestige programs how frequently do you have the experience of watching a television show or, or watching a movie that you've done the storyboard work on and being able to kind of compare what you had literally illustrated out, drawn out and what ends up on the screen. Um, does yeah. There, does, 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 so that does, does that there is close fun. correlation? Uh, does a close correlation often exist or is it typically deviated from?
1: So that's a very, uh, a, a, a very good point that, of all the medium that I work in animation. So I worked in a movie called Rango, which was the first animated film i had ever worked on. Um, and we made an animatic over the course of a year. Um, and an animatic was um, hand-drawn frames that were edited together in a, in a limited animation form. Uh, and that was the complete Bible for um, Industrial Light and Magic, who actually made the finished piece. So literally, if you look at the frames that we drew and you look at the actual piece at the end... You will see it's actually shot for shot. In live action, it's a little different. I am surprised sometimes when things are exactly shot for shot, sure. uh, uh, right? Because the location changes, or the director sees something that's better, um, or, or you know, or the team works out something that's more interesting, or uh, the the action changes. So um, I do like to see when it when it's close. Um, and television um television does not um storyboard as regularly as say commercials or feature films do because of its short window um okay. it it moves very quickly um i I do like uh, television, sort of my favorite because films are a long process and and uh, sometimes it takes you uh, away. Uh, So for me, I made the decision early on after my daughter was born to focus more on commercials because that was here uh, and I didn't have to travel as much. So features you have to go um, to exotic lands and spend a lot of time in a hotel room.
0: <laughs> Understood. And uh, I want to itself. talk about your commercial work also. Uh, but back to the movies just for a minute. When I, when I look at some of the films that you worked on Lone Ranger, you mentioned Rango, the Bourne legacy, those films, I, when, when I, when I think about the nature of those films, I, it, it makes sense to me that you would want to storyboard out a lot of these, um, uh, you know, very kinetic action sequences. But then I also noticed that you did storyboarding for some dramas, uh, August Osage County, Hush yep. Kiss the Girls. What's the director thinking about when you're doing a, a drama uh, that it typically is way more interior and involves a lot of tighter shots uh, and exchanges between actors?
1: So you really understand the process uh, because that's actually you totally nailed it. Um, yes, storyboards are used primarily for heavy action sequences or visual effects, right? That's where they are. That's where they are in their sweet spot. Um, some directors uh, just really like working things out in advance. Um, Alfred Hitchcock. So, so storyboards were originally invented by, or or he's credited for it, Walt Disney, um, okay. for wow. for the animation. Um, sure. Um, um, Alfred Hitchcock really used them and his Alfred Hitchcock's whole process was pre-production. He thought it out very carefully so that when he was on set, uh, uh everything was completely clear and mapped out. He joked, uh, at one point that he had done so much work in pre-production that a monkey could direct it. <laughs> so it is that sort of idea of working it out. And that's so to your point. I think it's the, the idea that certain directors really just want to map it out, even if they're just doing a, a dramatic piece on August Osage County. Um, I didn't do every scene. So, so addressing what you said is that if it's, you know, just a, a, a room where they're doing coverage and coverage is just, um, uh, uh a simple setup. So you have a master shot. So if say sure. for instance, two people were at a table, um, uh, you'd have one wider shot that would include both of them in the frame. And then what you might do is shoot over the shoulder of one to the other and the reverse over the shoulder to the other. So yeah. that's just coverage. Yep. But when there is something that's sort of an action sequence or they're moving the cameras moving or, or that sort of thing, a director, I think just sometimes likes to see it all out to make mm-hmm. sure that that's what they really want to do mm-hmm. or compare it to uh, once they're on location um, uh, compare it to what, what options they have at that point. I feel it's sort of like, um, I liken it to sometimes, uh, going to the grocery store with a, with a shopping list. For me, I'm not a, I'm not an inventive chef. So if I don't have a shopping list, I'll just be like peanut butter, tuna fish, you know, it sounds very familiar. and (laughs) And I don't know, Uh, exactly what to do with it. So if I had the shopping list, at least I know when I get there, if I decide not to go with tomatoes and go with peppers, it's a conscious choice that I've made and and, and that sort of thing. But at least I know, theoretically, I will have at least something that I can cook at the end instead of being random. I joke about the fact that as a storyboard artist, I'm editing the movie... Video, uh, music, video, television show in advance with the director.
0: Yeah, that's, a, that's an interesting analogy, way to put it. it. I was also thinking about kind of the totality of the evolution. So, you know, a, a writer comes up with these, with these uh, makes up these people, makes up this plot. Not that long after, a storyboard artist begins to translate that, begins to give that some visual form. The director's obviously involved, but then the director has to entrust that to a, uh, a director of photography. Yeah. And, and it's really interesting that from the, the, the standpoint of bringing these uh, ideas, these characters to life, the director feels like they almost have the least amount of, not necessarily control, uh, but actual input. You are exactly right. Ding, 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 <laughs> ding. You're exactly right. Um, now, if
1: you, if you talk to, uh, and I've had the chance to watch some really great directors in all, in, in all mediums, what they, are, what, what they are charged with is moving the core idea across the finish line. If they're really good at what they do, they're taking suggestions from everybody. Sure. And that's why I never, I've never liked the auteur idea where you have, you know, forgive me, Mr. Scorsese, but the, the, the Martin Scorsese film. And I think, well, I mean, obviously he's a huge talent, but sure. did, he didn't, he didn't like the piece. He didn't, he didn't write the piece. He yep. did, he's not acting in the piece. He, he, he didn't cater the piece, right? Everyone plays a certain part. And without that little piece, um, uh, uh you, you don't get the the finished product. And I, I will say one other point in that is, the directors that I have most loved to work with made me feel like it was my movie.
0: Oh, fascinating!
1: Wow, so they really have that generosity yep. of 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 and confidence, right? To to really be open and encourage that. And in fact, though, that's where I am. Uh, I draw okay, but where I'm at my best is the, the exchange of ideas and trying to help a director. And and that Nothing is more exciting to me than that sort of creative process where we're throwing back idea, maybe this, or we could do this, or what if the camera did this? And we're like, nah. And then all of a sudden, there's that moment of like, oh, we both, I, nothing excites me more than that moment of oh, where we both go, yeah, yeah, that's
0: simultaneous it. Simultaneous aha moments. Yes, simultaneous.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Yes.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. I was in preparation for this conversation. I, I went when online, I was looking at different um, uh, examples of storyboard art, in addition to yours. And some feel very impressionistic, mm-hmm. and while others are super detailed, and almost, to me, felt more like graphic comics.
1: Yeah. So they are, they are very much cousins. No, literally the the hard part is so I I went to Massachusetts college of art in Boston and I was an illustration major and I minored in marketing and film. I've always loved film and we made some films. I had friends at Emerson college and we were making movies back and forth. Um, The thing for me that's hard about storyboarding is it's about speed it's not about beauty. And if you talk to storyboard artists and I have several friends that are, um, uh, uh, we all lament that we very rarely have the time to make things pretty. And, and getting across the information is much more important than pretty. Um, um, but when you can do pretty, pretty is fun.
0: <laughs> sure. Yeah, that's that's interesting because, you know, time is the dictator, I guess, of all of this time. Without question.
1: T- time and budget right so so in a in a say in a feature film and and this is goes to another point about what you were suggesting about the directors, oftentimes in a feature film, when I've worked on features, um, I will get on the phone with the director, they'll give me x number of pages of the script, and I'll get on the phone with the director, and the director will certainly have some ideas, but usually partially because they're busy doing other things. They are talking to cinematographers and their location scouting and that sort of thing. But, um, lots of times directors will give you sort of a, an overview, and then you are sort of left to your own devices. Mm -hmm. They want to see how you would do it in a way. Uh, um, and, um, so that gives a, a launching off point. So in a way, oftentimes the storyboard artist is, is sort of a rough visual pass of the movie with even out the director. And then the director uses that, you know, and 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 that's why lots of times um, I have a lot of repeat business um, uh, because directors, once they see that you sort of can appreciate how they think um, uh, they want you back.
0: So when you made the move from the East Coast to the West Coast, uh, was it for a job? Yeah, uh, no, (laughs)
1: no. I I had started a a graphic design studio in Boston. Um, I I had tried Hollywood once before. So I had dreamed of being in the movies for a long time. And I had a friend who went to Emerson College and we drove cross country and had an amazing adventure and went to LA and I was here for two weeks. And then I was like, and I moved back and I missed friends and whatever. So I sold my car that we drove cross country with and flew back to Boston. And then I started a graphic design uh, design studio in Boston called uh, Stormships. Studios. I'm familiar and, with those folks. Yes. <laughs> In fact, they do great work. That's how we met uh, through Ann. Um, and um, uh, then I met a, a woman who is now my wife and uh, she was headed out to LA. And um, at a certain point um, uh, I said to my partner at the time, Mike Brennan, um, Hey, I'm going to go try California. Uh, I might be back in a couple of weeks. I may never be back and never be back was how it worked out.
0: That's a movie right there.
1: (laughs) Well, and the interesting part, and I'll tell you sort of the funny, uh, funny Hollywood story from one of my funny Hollywood stories. I have a few, but is so when I moved out here, uh, I still did some graphic design from Boston long distance um, through, through my contacts with Stormship. I had done a little acting, so I tried some acting. Um, uh, I'd done some commercials and that sort of stuff, but never, you know, I, I'm, I'm not an actor. I don't, I, I like the idea of of coming onto the set and doing something fun and getting paid lots of money, but the work that has to go into acting, <laughs> no, no, no thanks. That's a, that's a whole other thing. No one told me about uh, this work part. Exactly. And then, and then when I uh, so uh, while, well, while I was acting, you know, cause I don't have a lot of credits, you, ha- there was an area of special talent or whatever, and that you could put on your resume to beef it up to see if anyone's interested in it. And I, I had done, um, a cattle call for a movie called Menasaur. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> At the bo- they, they looked at my, my uh, resume and they said, hey, it says here you do storyboards. I've done some storyboards for like our, my own student film kind of thing. Um, um, so it beefed up my credits just a little bit, Michael. But they basically said, hey, look, if you storyboard our film and we get funding, we'll give you a part. And I was like, OK. So I spent a month working for free. Doing storyboarding, I, I found the only book at the time that um, I could on storyboarding, which is an amazing book called Shot by Shot, um, and it breaks down filmmaking really, really beautifully. I still highly recommend it when I teach storyboarding and that sort of thing. Um, and I did the storyboards, and they got their funding, and they never gave me a part. Oh, wow! Wow! What it did do though is I have been taking those- Manosaur
0: off of my Netflix. <laughs> <Thank you. laughs>
1: Thanks, Michael. I appreciate the support. <laughs> um no, what what it did do though was it gave me um something to go take to agents. And, um, I took, uh, those storyboards, uh, to, um, the agency that has repped me ever since I actually tried two agencies, but then I'm repped by a company called storyboards Inc. And, uh, I've been there my entire career and, um, um, they, they took me on and, and gave me work, but here's the, here's the pin in the story. Um, probably 10, 15 years after that, Uh, I was working on a short film with a very good friend. I was helping produce uh, a short film for a very good friend of mine who was directing. And um, I went to go pick up some um, paramedic costumes. And I walked into this place and, and the strange part, Michael, was it smelled familiar somehow. And then I, I walked in and this man turned around and he had what looked like shoe polish in his hair (laughs) <laughs> like it was not it was not good color. It was something odd. I'm hoping and- that's
0: not the familiar smell.
1: No <laughs> I don't know what the smell is, to be honest, Michael, but somehow it, that's the first, that's the first sensory thing that came in. And then while, while he was going back and, and, and finding the uh, costumes I had ordered, he wiped frame as it were, if this were a movie, right? He cleared frame and all of a sudden I would zoom in on the poster on the back wall and it was manosaur, Oh, wow. Wow. This was, this was, was the producer. Circle. Uh, it was the producer manager, And I said, Hey, I worked on your thing, but you never gave me a part. And, and not only did he, did he not apologize, he took credit for the fact that he launched my storyboard career.
0: Crazy. Wow. Well, that, that's a Hollywood story right there, right? What have you done exactly. for me lately? Exactly. Exactly right. Exactly. right, Uh, And I do want to give a shout out to uh, our friends at Stormship since uh, we we both uh, have uh, near and dear friends at Stormship. You were one of the the starters, uh, the originators of the of the firm, but uh, super talented uh, collaborators and friends uh, and Damp House and Mike Brennan. And as we record this podcast today, little Mike Brennan trivia, it's his birthday. It is.
1: Happy birthday, Mike. I, Michael, I'm, I'm, I, I love that you know that. Happy I birthday, know that. Mike. Well,
0: yes, exactly. I thank Mark Zuckerberg for that. I'll just leave it at Okay. That. So tell me about the time. difference between uh, working, uh, doing storyboarding for commercials uh, versus television and films.
1: Okay. So yes, they are. Um, they are all sort of very different commercials. um I've directed over a uh, directed. Ooh, uh, oops. Slip of the tongue there. No, no, no. directors. I, I'm not, I'm not doing your job for you. <laughs> um, no, so far I, we've I, lost
0: Scorsese. Exactly. And a whole, a whole raft of I, commercial directors. <laughs> exactly. Uh, uh, Welcome to uh, kill uh, your career. <laughs> that's right. Well, so, so do you need an assistant? I will work yeah. for you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly You know, that um, could be a niche. No, podcast I, um, storyboarding. They, exactly. First frame, I see that like front court. of a microphone. It'll, exactly, it'll be like court drawing.
1: <laughs> exactly, um, I've I've storyboarded over five thousand commercials in my career. Uh, I sort of stopped counting now. Um, the thing that I like about commercials is I work in so many different genres. Right there's. Different, so so many different types of storytelling and so many different uh, personalities and directors um the only thing that's a bit of a bummer about commercials is there, the the delivery time is always short and the okay. other major difference uh is that com- that commercials are storyboards are an integral part of of uh commercials because it's a visual agreement between the director production company and the ad agency and the client on the other sure. side. Yeah.
0: So are your boards so, you ever used in the uh in the pitch phase? No,
1: usually what will happen. So that's a, a very good question. So there are boards that are done. Usually that's done on the agency side. Um, okay. um, so my things are more shooting boards. Those would be more sort of concept boards. Got it. Um, um, and they're usually done pretty and in color. Um, um, I, mine is usually black and white because uh, you don't have time to add color. Yep. And um, um, and mine are, are designed specifically for, for camera movement. Again, I'm editing it in advance. Whereas the shots that you might see in an agency board are very basic. That would be mm-hmm. coverage for me, right? Two people sitting at a table, it'd be sort of flat profile. Okay. And then it. when I'm working with the director, we're like uh, thinking about, um, you know, moving the camera in or a top down shot or that sort of thing. Um, so yeah. So, so storyboards and commercials are a central, um, uh, in an ideal world, Josh would be drawing 20, 25 frames in an eight hour day. Um, but I have drawn as many as 80. 80. They're oh. fast and wow. very yeah. thumbnail-y, but I've, I've had to do it.
0: So is there such a thing as typical, for instance, a 30 second car commercial? Mm-hmm. How many storyboards are you creating for something like that?
1: You are asking great questions. Uh, do you, <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna want to ask you a lot of questions toward the end of this. Go for it. So, um, so there is no typical. Um, sort of the ideal in a 32nd commercial. And and the interesting part is the 32nd commercial doesn't exist like it used to right. That, that used to be King. And now we are 62nd and six second commercials yeah, for, yeah. for the internet. Right. Um, and I actually just finished a really fun project with a director that I, I love um, an Australian bloke who's really talented and really funny. And, and we really jive uh, 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 in the creative process. He just shot a short film. I, Hopefully I'm, I'm not. Uh, I never signed an NDA for that, so I don't think I'm breaking any rules. He shot a short film for Simi Wine, um, which was which was sort of the origin story of Simi, but done in a in a sort of a, a hyper real way mm-hmm. to make it more story to make it more interesting. Um, and that was a three or four minute short film that will be on the Internet of which they'll cut a 30 second
0: commercial out. Oh, got it. Okay. Cool.
1: It was a lot of drawing. Um, yep. It was a fun story. You know, the biggest thing for me is I don't like just drawing hamburgers. I like to tell a story. I I definitely still consider myself a storyteller. Well, and it's I'm interesting.
0: It's all... that, that, interesting you said that because I was going to ask whether storyboard artists fall into a niche. Uh, like, you know, get that guy because it's a shaving cream commercial, but, you know, that guy is amazing for health insurance or, you know. So well, it's really funny that, major, that you should... or, or people versus is not people that kind of thing. Well so so you're <laughs> it's it's funny because so I've been doing this for a long
1: time and um directors used to joke about the fact that when when they're showing their reel to get work um they um they find out that the the agency would really wants to see the commercial they're about to direct on their reel already. Got and the, and okay. and in a way that's also true for storyboards. I've had my agent reach out to me and go they're asking for things, you know. Can, yes, you've drawn Mazda's, but can you draw a Ford? And I'm like, it's a car. I, yes, I can draw a Ford. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, um, and the funniest thing about the process is you just never know where people are going to get stuck. So the, sure. the, the interesting part about uh, commercials is clients the client side will often be like, wait, so is he really going to wear a, a flannel shirt?
0: <laughs>
1: and I've literal. had to redraw storyboards. Chris, I'm like, no, no, I, they, they can't get, you know, I, I didn't know what the costume was at the time and he's, he's, he's supposed to be a lumberjack. So I threw him in a, no, no, but he's wearing this red shirt now and, and I'll have to redraw storyboards because people can't make the, they can't use their imagination and imagine him not in that.
0: So, so. from your perspective, is your who is your client? Is it the is it the agency? Is it the director of the commercial?
1: So <laughs> I'm getting tired of saying this. Another very good question because one of the things that I learned, and I think Stormship starting my, having my own business um, really helped me a lot um, um, uh, in the process because I was very client oriented going in. So one of the things, so so my client basically is the director for starters. That's who I'm there to serve first. But one of the things that I learned very early on is in the commercial world, um, there's producer, and then there are production managers. And usually what happens is I would send the storyboards and this is back before things were in the old days. I used to send faxes.
0: Um, I think I've and, heard of those.
1: <laughs> and, and, uh, uh, but now, um, um, everything is, is electronic. Um, and, um, so the thing that I like to, to do is make sure that I'm, when I'm sending the, the boards in, it's easiest for the, Um, production managers and supervisors to put them in um, the production book that they're preparing for what they call a pre-production meeting, right? So before they shoot, there's a big pre-production meeting. Sometimes nowadays things are getting more and more absurd. There's a pre-pre-production meeting or a pre-pre-pre-production meeting, but of course, Because we want to we button everything down, Michael.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, is the expanding world of distribution platforms and just the tsunami of content that's coming everybody's way, is that creating more opportunity for uh, storyboard artists?
1: I can only speak for myself. Yes, I've done several Netflix series. Um, in fact, when COVID hit, I was working on a project that I can't discuss. Okay. Um, and it was really, really fun. Um, and it is ongoing. I mean, if is- you've
0: seen our download numbers, you probably can discuss it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'll just say that it's based on a graphic novel. I'll leave it that way. Okay. Um, and, all right. And it was, and it was really fun. Um, and they were doing it in LA. Um, they're shooting, they're shooting in the UK, but, but they, they were doing it in LA and, um, it was really, um, a, a, a great fun project. And then, um, and that's the interesting thing about COVID. So that, uh, Hollywood went dark, you know, in mid March, Hollywood went dark. The production halted, uh, all around the world. Right. Um, and I was, um, because i have been around for a long time, I, I usually don't go more than a week or two without some form of work, sure. um, nowadays. And I went, um, from mid March to mid June, nothing. Yeah. A, yeah you know crickets yeah. um then commercials started to come back slowly at first but then it was you know in the summer i was really busy with commercials
0: yeah it was interesting because the the commercial world by necessity seemed to do that pivot uh before anybody else and suddenly uh uh you know creative directors must have been saying get me a lot of people staring at monitors and you know, exactly. looking empathic and exactly. you know, slow motion hugs. <laughs> yes, exactly that sort of stuff. Yes, so there was a lot of that,
1: and 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 it was very interesting because you know trying to figure out. So that was a whole new creative challenge. Like, oh, so wait, we can't use typical filmmaking because it, initially people like couldn't be in the same room. So you'd be like, you'd bring one actor in and shoot them from one direction, and then the person they were talking to would come into the room and shoot. So it was it was uh, it had its own challenges, but now um, commercials have gone bonkers. I, I, in the last couple of weeks have worked, uh, I, I worked on that semi job. I worked uh, a 22 hour day. Wow. wow. So I, I worked from 7am to 5am. How typical so it, is that? I used to pull a lot of all nighters mainly because I dawdle during the day. I like the sunlight. So I yeah, dawdle okay. during the day you know, and, <laughs> and uh, By necessity.
0: I, it becomes an all nighter.
1: Correct. Right. So, so I I'm pulling those a, uh, a lot less and that, this was the first time that I had to do that in a long time. Um, yeah. you know, as I'm getting older, the idea of working through the night is, is less appealing.
0: You know, it's interesting and, and maybe you can, uh, disabuse me of this notion, but it, it, it feels like your, uh, expertise, your talent, uh, allows you to be, you know, we're always hearing about how, super competitive and insecure. The TV world is the filmmaking world, even the commercial world from the creative side. And yet it feels like you've found a niche that is in a way uh, indispensable because somebody has to be creating these storyboards before uh, you know a, a, a director is going to commit to the shoot. I hadn't thought about it that way. Uh,
1: uh, Yes. I I think there is some, you know, I mean, nobody is, you know, uh, irreplaceable, but, but I feel like um, there, there are a couple of things, you know, when I look at storyboard artists work that I admire um, usually it's because they draw better than I do.
0: (laughs) Interesting. Yeah.
1: And um, I admire their style or, or, or whatnot. And I've gone back and forth. Um, I've worked, in Photoshop, I've worked out of Photoshop. I'm, I'm in a phase now where I am back to doing things with just markers. And I just really like the feel of the paper. I, I scan everything into Photoshop and and mess around with it. And I keep thinking most of my contemporaries are working digitally. Um, and the funny thing is I was talking with a director not that long ago and saying, you know what, I just, I really need to commit to Photoshop. I've gone back, you know, it's been a, it's been an on and off affair for several years. Um, I did a lot of boards in Lone Ranger that way. In fact, I got taught by uh, um, uh, uh, one of the top a guy named John Park, who's one of my favorite concept artists. He was just sort of really starting his career now, and he's now one of the best concept artists um, in in LA. And um, and I I look at his work, and it just makes me weep. It's just so beautiful and painterly, and
0: and. What do you what What are your thoughts on this um, trend of comic novels, graphic novels, uh, being being turned into television shows and movies? It it does it feel like they in a sense they've already been storyboarded.
1: Yeah, well so so again, yeah. So I'm a huge fan. I mean, I I've, I've always loved comic books and you know growing up that was a, a a big thing for me. I don't follow I don't follow them as much anymore um as I used to, but I think you you've really hit the uh nail on the head which is um in Hollywood um most of the people that can greenlight something they do have they do have vision. Um they don't necessarily have pictorial vision, right? So they have vision of how this, oh, this story, and it's going to fit with this over here. And and they're seeing the bigger picture of how on a corporate side, how this Mm -hmm. is going to work. But a graphic novel already shows them what something could look like. They can already see it as opposed to just bringing a pitch or a script. Um, so I think you're, I think you've nailed it. You're absolutely right. That, that, um, it's low hanging fruit because if it has a reasonable amount of popularity and, and some name recognition, it also shows you what it looks like.
0: When you read, uh, if you're reading a novel, are you storyboarding it in your head? Yes. Tell yes. me about that. I,
1: I'm, I'm mildly dyslexic. And so I'm a slow reader anyway. But since I've started storyboarding, I am always translating um, um, words into pictures. By the way, it, 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 I've been interviewed a couple of times before. This is the best interview ever because you're asking all the right questions because you oh, really understand hear that. this process. I'm just saying. So, yes it is, it is frustrating. My, my wife laughs because I, I, I do, I have to see it in my head Um, and it's now become sort of a a bit of a occupational hazard because uh, I, I really can't read anything without Imagining what it looks like, and my wife is an avid reader, and she she can pour through books and 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 not necessarily tell me what it looks like, right? But for me, and so that's the interesting part because um, in the process, so there is the script, and then I feel like the storyboard is the. Uh, visual script. Mm-hmm. So I've taken the words yeah. and translated them. And what's funny, and I've had this conversation with a few writers, um, some writers are very visual and some writers are not, they're just great storytellers and they, and they, they use their words very beautifully and and understand the craft of, of, of writing a, 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 a compelling story. But Years ago,
0: part- I, I, I had the opportunity to interview the uh, novelist Russell Banks and oh, wow. at, at the time. Uh, a film, a, a novel of his had been turned into a film called Affliction. And uh, Nick Nolte starred in that. And when I was talking to Russell Banks, he was talking about, he was very hands-off with the movie, but he went to see the movie. And he, he said, he was telling me about this, in, this scene where he was just blown away that what he had written in the novel was recreated in the film down to such minute detail. And and like I said, he didn't write the screenplay and had very, very little um, input on the film. And uh, it, it's uh, interesting, uh, what's the word there? Kismet, I guess, when, mm-hmm. when that takes place.
1: Well, so the, the interesting part for me, and again, sort of explaining, you know, for me music videos are 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 usually about sort of an artistic expression, so there's not always a story there and often often not a story right it's it's just sort of artistic expression um, um Film and television are all about the story right in commercials they like to pretend it's about the story, but really it's about selling a product so so there 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 may be um you know, uh, and, and I think sometimes that's where there's conflict between director and agency in the sense that, Oh no, actually director and agency would be on the same side. And client is sort of like, I don't care just show my washing machine. You know, I love that the child is coming home from the army or whatever, <laughs> but let's see, let's see the washing machine. Yeah. Um, but, um, I think the, the interesting part about words to film is, and I, I joke about this, is that obviously in a novel, you, you can be inside someone's head. In a film, you can't. That's the, I mean, the actor can take you there, but, but as a storyteller, visually, right? I joke about the fact that I'll read sometimes something that will be like, you know, uh, a man steps out of a bar and looks across the street and recognizes this woman as his mother. And I'm like, how do you show that? Right. That's information that's easily explained in words. But do I have to do a flashback? Like, yeah, how, how do
0: you how do you visually do? convey recognition?
1: Correct. Exactly yep. right. So so there are challenges like that. So so words and pictures are very different. Both can inspire one another. But um, um, that, that is so to 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 answer your question in a, in a long winded way. Absolutely. I cannot read anything now without seeing the pictures. Fascinating.
0: Well, you know, we love having these conversations with, as, as we always say, and by we, I mean me, we're about media makers of all sorts. Mm-hmm. And I love having conversations about the intricacies of the creative process. And it's just, it's such a uh, privileged insight, I think, into what makes someone's talent. So, so unique, uh, and so special. And and this has been a great conversation and I really thank you for making the time to chat with us.
1: Oh, it was really a great pleasure. And again, um, uh, you, you're very talented as an interviewer. You, uh, you, you get things and you ask a lot of broad questions to, to allow the exploration. So thanks very much for having me.
0: It's been my pleasure. All right, Josh, you take care. And uh, one final shout out and thanks to Ann Damphouse at Stormship Studios for connecting us. And uh, Stormship Studios actually also uh, designed the Filmmakers Collaborative uh, website. So uh, this is quite a love fest for Stormship then and now. Absolutely. All right, Josh, you take care. You too. Thank you very much, Mike.